All right. All right, guys. This is Nervous Hannah. Stop. You're fine. You're going to do great. <laughs> I'm Hannah. And I'm also Hannah. <laughs> and this is Hannah, you're yelling. Menstrual cycle. Can I just say, like, this was never ever explained to me right. by anybody. I needed to do the work for the ladies. Are you fucking kidding me? My birth control was constantly in my hot car. Yeah. Mostly, completely ulterior motives. Hey girls. Thickening of your cervical mucus. Shout out women. Women get to choose, but what options? Okay, okay. First, we're gonna start off by saying, holy fucking shit. Um, wow. Guys, wow, you guys. guys are so nice to Stop us. it. I'm like super excited about this now because people um, gave us feedback and it was pretty consistently good, I would say. Weren't you? I was just so incredibly shocked how much of an impact it had. Like I was going for net neutral, y'all. Like I was like, at best, this won't be like make someone's day worse. At best, yeah. it will make someone's day like. At best, we're not gonna have hate comments. Right. At best, right. we're not gonna get yelled at. Like, I was really nervous. People were saying they were crying. Yes, they said that it made them emotional, some of the stuff we, was, we were saying, which is just, that can't so be shocking. true. <laughs> that can't be true. I, just... I cannot be having that much of an impact. I was so shocked, but we're so grateful for the support. <laughs> it was literally the coolest thing ever. People are really loving the Pete the Bed one. I love that. Which is interesting. You've got some kinky son of a bitches out there. People from high school or like even before that or just people that I had didn't think would support us. I've had high school teachers reach out to me. I've had, which is pretty insane considering the things that we've said on the podcast. But, you know, just people from such a long time ago being like, hey, I see you, love what you're doing. And I think people are going to tell me I'm stupid for not seeing this coming. But my dad, who I haven't spoken to in 15 (laughs) years, is now getting to know me through this podcast. How do you feel about that? Not good, girl. I mean, like, as good as you can feel when you're sharing some super feral, inappropriate stories, but... When you meet your dad of lost 15 years. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I have to say, it feels so cool to just have my whole self out there on the internet. And I know most people probably wouldn't feel that way, but I feel like for such a long time, I've just had this identity that isn't necessarily mine, or, like, true to me. And so it just feels very cool to have something that you actually are proud of and like and the amount of people who have just been like I relate to the things that you're saying like god that's all we wanted we just wanted people to feel a little bit more comfortable in their life and you're even shooting higher than I was I was just like I just I'm fine with this being a totally neutral little art project like well I was expecting like eight likes on the Instagram and like that was it. But people were just so, I mean, so insanely cool. And can we just talk about the amount of male attention it got? Yeah. Like, okay, boys. Okay, boys. Like, I'm going to tear with you it. to shreds today. You won't oh, be listening after this one. <laughs> no, I just think that's so cool. There were so many guys who were just like, oh my God, yeah. I'm like loving the content. And I'm like, penises Thank in the you. chat. Let's penises go. Penises in the chat. <laughs> We've got girl boners and boy boners. I love that. Any podcast to make you hard. Yeah. And we just finished making our, like, cards, and we are just so pumped about it. And they're so cute, and hopefully people will like them. It's so so surreal. Oh, my God. Feels so cool. 
Anywho, we should probably get into the podcast. Yeah, because I've got a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So Hannah's going to lead this one with all of her knowledge. With my full fucking chest and three disclaimers to start. So let me just rattle them off for you. The first <laughs> one is that I'm not a medical professional. I'm not even yet. in ultrasound school yet, guys. <laughs> I've taken anatomy and physiology one. And that is the extent <laughs> of my knowledge, okay? So I was just perusing the internet and um, listening to some podcasts, getting on Reddit. Um, I really did try to make sure that the information I'm sharing today is correct. But again, I have a pea-sized brain and I'm just a little woman. So it's, it it's really off. hard to tell. <laughs> Don't doubt <laughs> like that. We're building up women on this podcast. I have a pea-sized brain and I'm worthless. Anyways. Yeah. Well, I'm just... I'm just trying to say this isn't my woman in STEM moment. It's just my woman (laughs) moment, okay? I'm just a lady. I'm not a lady in STEM yet, so. Also, you have stake in the game because you've been on birth control, so. True. That's what I mean. My only credible experience is that I'm a woman and I've been on birth control. we listen to women on this podcast, do we not? We listen to fucking women and I have a best friend that's been gone through hell with birth control and plenty of other friends that have gone through hell and or have great experiences. We have to acknowledge that too. But it's much funner to absolutely dog the shit out of it. So hell yeah. Anyway, my second disclaimer is that I also fully realize birth control is used to treat an array of health shit and like endometriosis and cysts and acne and all that shit. But I'm just going to talk about kind of my experience today and um, I'm just kind of trying not to get pregnant so we're talking about it mainly in that tone um, but also full respect to (laughs) people with health disorders. (laughs) I definitely shouldn't phrase it that way. That was super respect for those out there fighting for their life. (laughs) Y'all I'm sorry. PCOS queens. That was so ableist of you. (laughs) Please forgive me. Um, (laughs) I hope birth control is doing for you what it needs to, because it's hardly doing for me what it needs to. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, anyway. um, Also talking mostly about the combination pill today, but mostly just about hormones in general, because we'll be getting into that. Last disclaimer here is that the girls are busy talking about generations-long women's issues here, so fucking fuck off if you don't get down with that. Get on the train or get the fuck off right now. Yeah. We're moving fast, guys. Mm, We're moving fast. So (laughs) I hope you stay laughing during this episode because we're talking about the little blue pill we have to take every day and the ability it has to severely fuck up your life. And um, the alternative is abstinence, anal, or pregnancy. (laughs) You're a woman. You pick. What are what are we doing here? <laughs> Ooh, the options are endless. Right? Right, I know. God gave us so many here. God I mean, bless. God gave us tools. <laughs> I didn't think this episode would be funny, but you've got me. You've got me good I so far. Even started. Oh my god. <laughs> um Okay, so starting out my research, I decided the only natural way to begin was to read the entire leaflet. And you know the one I'm talking about. The one that's longer than a CVS receipt and could literally be a tablecloth. Lolo Estrin Faye got some shit in there. We're going to discuss. But you were probably handed one of these little leaflets when you were 16. So... I just want to know what you knew about your cycle at 16. Like, what was your understanding of your hormones and your At 16? 
I knew that I would start bleeding at some point. Okay. For four to nine days. Never knew when it was coming. I don't even think I had a phone at that point, so I didn't even track it. Did your mom, like, did you ever watch a YouTube video or, like, have a little sit-down talk? Like, truly nothing other than just, like, you have a period. Really? Like, I knew it happened once a month. I had no idea that there were hormones involved. I knew that you get PMS, and, like, Mm -hmm. that was, like, a problem, and men didn't like PMS. Like, I knew that, and that we turned into, like, bitches, or we cried, maybe, but that's literally, that is, like, my only understanding. Up until, honestly, recently. I'm being honest. (laughs) That's a very patriarchal understanding of the woman's body. Yeah. Um... I remember my mom, I was probably about 14. I think I was a little bit on the younger side for her to be so eager to discuss the woman's reproductive system with me. Mm-hmm. But I remember her pulling out a whiteboard. And remember, I am or I was homeschooled for the majority of my life. So just let the hate comments come now. Um, <laughs> but she pulled out the little homeschooling whiteboard and she was drawing the ovaries and the fallopian tubes in, in very great detail. And it seemed very foreign to me that oh this God. was inside of me. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I had ever heard that women bled every month because I was not exposed to any form of media as a child. We did not have TV, cable, no phones. My mom had a Palm One, okay? So I was literally so shocked. I thought that she was joking whenever she told me that women bleed every month I was like there's what do you mean there's no possible way and then she was explaining it and I was thinking oh okay all of this is to have a baby because she's talking about once it eventually gets fertilized and the egg moves in the thing and the thing and then you have a baby so I'm thinking okay well all of this is only going to happen to me while I'm a teenager till I'm like 22 whenever I'm going to start popping out kids And turns out that, as we spoke about last episode, it is actually the rest of your life that you'll experience this. Mm. So um, if your mom didn't draw it out on a whiteboard for you in the most scarring way possible, please allow me to pass that on to you now as we (laughs) learned about the woman's menstrual cycle. Y'all did not sign up for this video. (laughs) They're like, this is a girl's podcast. We're just going to talk about some fun shit. And we're like, this is what's your body menstruation no this is good though because i actually don't know shit about myself allow me to allow me to enlighten you so um right now there are 300 million women in the world experiencing a period at this moment and what they're going through (laughs) hey ladies hey girls shout out women (laughs) so your body has a vagina right um (laughs) you've got more than a vagina you've got ovaries and a uterus in there and every month there's hormones in your brain called follicle stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone we don't need to remember their names but they're there and they stimulate the growth and maturation of your eggs in the ovaries So for the first 14 days of your cycle before you ovulate, all of the eggs in your ovaries, they're all competing to see who can grow the fastest and the winner takes all by getting to be that month's egg. And it's going to go literally project out of your ovary into the fallopian tube. All of these like cells are doing a million fucking things at this time. It's like a burst and it goes into the fallopian tube and that's where it's supposed to meet 
the sperm, uh-huh. which will have to swim all the way up through your vagina and your cervix and your uterus into the fallopian tube, which is like mm-hmm. midway up your body. Ew. And that's where it would make a baby. So it kind of looks like an M, if you can imagine that. Okay. Have you seen a picture of the uterus? You know what it looks like in there? I think so. I think so. I have a rough understanding. I think I kind of get it. So anyways, the follicles respond to those hormones and they pump out, big name here, estrogen, which goes back to the brain and tells the brain, okay, okay, that's enough of those two hormones. Like the eggs are good. Now let's release another big name here, progesterone. Ever heard of her? Mm. I have heard of her. Because the egg is like, let's prepare the body to now prepare for the baby, basically. So let's grow the uterine lining, thicken it, cushion it. Don't say thicken it. Don't say that. (laughs) To prepare for a child. That's what progesterone does. So estrogen kind of prepares the body for pregnancy, and progesterone sustains the pregnancy. Progesterone makes it all cushion there for the little kid. Okay. Um, So I think we're kind of good there um editing hannah here i'm just gonna be stopping in at a few places during this episode because jesus lord we're definitely weren't good there um that was so fucking confusing i really just recommend looking up a youtube video if you're actually interested because it's a visual thing okay it's very visual um anyway here's the rest of the episode (laughs) but that's only if the egg is actually fertilized if it's not Then the body realizes that and all the progesterone and estrogen levels drop drastically and you shed the uterine lining that it's built up in preparation for the child. And that is your period. Right. And the best, this is the best way that I'd ever understood it. And it's grossly under like what's it called Um, i know exactly what you mean it's grossly simplistic right right but it's like a woman is getting her little nest ready inside Mm -hmm. your uterus setting up all the wallpaper like making the bed like making it perfect for the baby and then she finds out that she's not actually pregnant and she starts ripping everything down she's like (laughs) forget about it i'll do it next fucking month forget about it it's like that was the best understanding that I'd ever had of it. And I think it was a little like meme I saw one time when I was like yes, 20. <laughs> I'm so glad you have that understanding because that's yeah. that's very correct. But if you're taking birth control, birth control is usually progesterone and estrogen. And those hormones tell the brain that they don't need to stimulate the follicle-stimulating hormone or the luteinizing hormone, which is what grows and matures the eggs and prepares them to ovulate. They're mm-hmm. like, we don't need those hormones anymore because we're good because we already have a baby. We've prepared for the baby. We've done all of the things. The wallpaper is up. We don't need these hormones anymore. And that's what actually prevents ovulation, which prevents pregnancy. And that's like basically how birth control works so your birth control is just tricking you into thinking that you're pregnant 100 percent, yeah and it like levels out those hormones to thinking Mm -hmm. that you're pregnant and they're basically just suppressors for the hormones that would make the egg grow and mature and ovulate got it so one of my questions that i came to at this point of the research was if you don't release an egg on birth control where does that egg go is it saved (laughs) for later is it like packed up in a little lunchbox until you're ready to have kids? Like, I mean, because 
people talk about all the time how women have like declining eggs and you only have so many you're only born with so right like it's Mm -hmm. yeah you're born with every egg you've ever had exactly well the one egg the one dominating egg that won in the competition that's ovulated every month if you're not on birth control is not the only egg that we lose it's just the single egg that will make it through the whole ovulatory process Mm-hmm. And in each cycle, there's 15 to 20 different eggs that are trying to be made. But whenever they don't mature and they don't grow to be the biggest one, then they get reabsorbed. So basically, Ew. they die back into your body. Oh, I hate that. Right? Ew. And doctors also estimate that we lose up to 1,000 additional follicles every month thanks to just natural cell death. So mm-hmm. that continues even if you're pregnant or on birth control or not ovulating. Your body is still like trying to make these and then reabsorbing them or they're just naturally dying by like cell death. And so being on birth control isn't going to like save your eggs for later and it's not going to make you more fertile or less fertile whenever mm-hmm. you get off of it. Interesting. Have you ever wondered what is the difference between estrogen and progesterone? Because I was thinking aren't these the same hormones that are used to literally make a pregnancy? Like, how are we using them to prevent it? So Mm -hmm. progesterone is the natural steroid that supports pregnancy. And like I said, it's the one that puts up the wallpaper. It makes a cush for the baby. And it suppresses further ovulation by telling those other hormones to like fuck off because we like already have a kid in here. And if you keep taking it, then it's going to keep suppressing those other hormones. They're just not going to come around. So introducing progesterone's counterpart, this guy named Progestin, and he's Mm. kind of a rock star at preventing pregnancy, but he's also (laughs) in love with this girl, estrogen, and they love to be paired together because they're not only hormonal soulmates, but they fight the evil of ovulation together. They're kind of the dream team. Okay. Okay. That was like a little trailer. Oh, yeah. But the thing about progesterone is that he's fake. He's the BBL of birth control. He's man-made <laughs> plastic surgery the whole debut. Like, he's not the real thing. He's not really <laughs> progesterone because progesterone is really fucking expensive to make and it just gets immediately absorbed into your body if you take it in your mouth. It's this whole thing. So progestin, he's our BBL king, and he's trying really hard to prevent pregnancy all on his own. He's thickening your cervical mucus. Yum. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, Which is basically like it's your vagina and then it's your cervix right above it. And for the sperm to pass through, the mucus needs to be like thin or not really there so that the swimmers can like swim all the way up. Right. But progestin is what makes the body think it's already pregnant. So it's like we don't need any more sperm. So let's like make a little moat. thickens you. A little mucus moat. Right? Oh my God. And progestin also thins the uterine lining, which is why you have a lighter period on birth control. Editing Hannah here, checking back in. I know earlier I said progesterone thickens the uterine lining and makes it all cush for the baby. Well, that's true, but progestin, the man-made version of progesterone, actually works a little bit different and it thins the lining over time so that you eventually have a much lighter period on progestin birth controls. And it also prevents the egg from sticking to the endometrial wall. So there you go. So that's kind of how he works. But why are they paired together? Like why in the combination pill 
do we have to take estrogen and progestin? Mm-hmm. Well, we don't necessarily. Progestin is a king, and he can do this work all on his own. However, he's better in most cases with his soulmate, estrogen, Mm. because they're both fighting against ovulation, and the pills are often combined with estrogen to attain better control of the menstrual cycle and stimulate the maintained bleeding every month. And also, estrogen helps inhibit the maturation of the egg cell more effectively. So it's like whenever they're working together, they're more powerful than they would be alone. Cool. Um, So the progestin-only methods that I mentioned are the implant hormonal IUDs, the injection, which is the Deprovera shot, or the mini pill. There's many birth controls that's only progestin, but there's a catch, and that's that it has to be taken at the same time every day within one hour or be constantly circulating in your body via the implant or the hormonal IUD or the injection. Like that's when progestin just like kind of never leaves your body. And so to kind of mimic that, you would have to take the pill at the exact same time every day. As if it wasn't hard enough for women already to take a pill every single day, a huge chunk of the people taking the mini pill are lactating mothers who assuredly don't want to become pregnant again right away. Like they just gave birth and they're the ones that have to remember to take it every hour on the hour and store it at just the right temperature, which by the way, did you know your birth control is not supposed to surpass 77 degrees? Otherwise, 77? Yeah. Editing Hannah here again, I just wanted to say it can go above 77 degrees. It can get up to 85 degrees, but only for less than 24 hours. So just be careful, girlies. Um, Texas summers are brutal. And if you're traveling around with one of those little pill packs, um, just just a forewarning, you know? Are you fucking kidding me? My birth control was constantly in my hot car. Yeah. Also, when I was looking to find the correct temperature for pills... I found that it could never be checked in airline baggage or ever supposed to stay in the trunk of your car or be exposed to direct sunlight. Oh, yeah. And it also can't get too cold. Also, can I just say, like, this was never, ever explained to me by anybody, not Mm -hmm. even my literal gynecologist that I asked questions about, like, all of this. Yeah. And I remember even asking, like, I really was so concerned about the, like, timing of it. I, and this was I was on Lola Restaurant, so I, I guess it wasn't as important, right? Because it does just have a little bit of estrogen to but help. But I was so concerned about this because I would it would be within a few hours, and I would always be like, "Oh my god, like, am I all of a sudden able to get pregnant? And if I am all of a sudden able to get pregnant, how long or how many more days does it take?" Yeah. And they literally were like, they would never give me a, like amount of hours. They would just be like, "It's just less effective." Like, it's just less effective. And I'm like, what does that actually mean? Like, does that mean I could get pregnant? Does that mean that – which I guess that's just what they have to say. But I just remember that being so frustrating. Yeah, it's so ambiguous. And they would be like, yeah, you have to wait like seven days until it's effective again. Right. Seven days at the exact same time. Ugh. Anyways, so I just mean that like we were talking in the last episode, this is what women mean by emotional labor tied to the pill. And it's not like we're in such a state of suffering. Like we live in a time where women have access to and control over their reproductive health, but we can all just admit that this like fucking sucks. That it's not even the fact that you have to take a pill at the same time every day. It's the fact that you have to mentally remember to bring a carry-on bag or you might get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Or that when you travel, you can't leave it in the car. Every time that you go in somewhere, you should make sure that you have it in your purse. Yeah. And also, hello, being a college student, like you literally lived out of your car. You know, like where were you supposed to keep your birth control except for in your hot car in Texas? Yeah. Like, oh, and not to mention all of the times that 
you know, you're seven days out from it being out and now you have to make sure that you can call and re-up it. And if you're out of town or you need to go and call a different pharmacy and if you're out of your refills you need to make an appointment with your gynecologist and you need to get in and especially with covid that was insane like you could not get into the gynecologist to re-up oh my your god stuff. yeah and so it's just like you have to think about all that you have to think about your insurance and if it's going to keep covering it and if you know and if you lose a pack then how are you going to convince your insurance that you lost a pack and where are you going to pick it up and exactly I had to literally be like I lost this it's in a different state I cannot get it I need another one and they were like mm, I don't know if I believe you <laughs> It's like, what am I doing? I'm not I'm not addicted to my birth <laughs> right, control. Right. Another thing I think we should kind of touch on is I we talk a lot about emotional labor, but I don't know if that's ever been explained. We don't I don't oh, think true. we've ever explained that. Or we listened to a podcast honestly like three years ago or something. I don't even know who it was by. We'll put it in the I show notes. We'll, we'll, we'll have find to put it. it in the notes. Yeah. But we listened to this podcast that just about changed our life and it talked about, you know, as women you feel sometimes you feel really exhausted by the expectations that you have. And yeah. I was never able to put a word to that or to understand what that really meant. But it talked about emotional labor and that's that's what it is, is when you're it's all of the little, little pieces that you have to think about outside of one task mm-hmm. that is getting something done. So if getting dinner done on the table is the task. The emotional labor is going to the grocery store, making a list, making sure that there's gas in the car to get there, all the different things that take up that time to get it on the table. And so realizing that there's a lot more to just one single task of taking birth control and realizing that there's so much more to that. And the massive responsibility it is too that it just puts on women's shoulders that you kind of bear silently because other people look at it as like, oh, well, you're just taking a pill every day. And it's like... Yeah. And it's a blessing that you're on the pill. But I, it's my responsibility. Otherwise, I'm getting pregnant. Right. And I think that's when I had my meltdown is I realized that there was disappointment in me when I didn't take it every single right. day at the same time. And when I missed a pill, Nathan would be like, Hannah, come on. Like, And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bear that anymore. That's not cool. Like, yeah. this is my task to constantly have to think about and constantly feel bad about if I don't you know do it the right way and that's that is not fair to me over just having safe sex like that's not worth it to me at this point and so I don't know it's just something to consider when you're when you feel exhausted it's because you're doing a lot more than just taking a pill every day yes yeah and then also just to add to the emotional labor the reason why moms can't take the regular or nursing mothers can't take the regular combination pill with estrogen is because the estrogen will literally dry up your milk supply. So their awesome. options are to take the mini pill. Also didn't mention this, but moms who are breastfeeding can also get on the progestin only IUD or on Nexplanon, the arm implant, or there's other options, but it can only be progestin. Again, these are brand new moms. Take a mini pill at the exact same time every day to stop getting pregnant, or they can have no sex life after going through nine months of hell, or they can switch to a more forgiving pill with estrogen, but not be able to feed their literal baby. So women get to choose, but what options? Like at what cost, you know? At what cost? Anyways, um, vasectomies in the chat. I'm all for a vasectomy. (laughs) I was also thinking about that today, though. Um, with the whole vasectomy topic, because Hannah and I talk about it all the time and we're like really actively trying to convince our boyfriends to get them. We've had many conversations with the boys about that. Many conversations. Can't wait for the podcast episode that says Hannah's boyfriend got a vasectomy. I, I, 
I can see the title now. It's coming, guys. But I was thinking that we are very privileged to be in a long-term relationship where we have other options that potentially the men could, like, play a part in. Whereas, like, woman out on the town, if you're, like, seeing different people, which is an incredibly normal experience, then it is actually, like, you don't get to have those conversations with other men about, like, is this condom safe or are you down to get a vasectomy before we just like hit the bedroom like it is literally your full responsibility to take control of your reproductive health you're paying fully for it yeah you're not splitting that with anybody you are showing up to all the appointments without any like outside support yeah it's big and I think being in a in a long-term partnership with someone is is such a privilege that hopefully they're sharing that burden and you know, yeah. you're having active discussions about what the future of birth control will look like for y'all as a couple. And and if you are in a long-term relationship and you haven't shared that burden yet, that needs Start to sharing. Happen. And it needs to happen soon because yeah. that ain't cool. And I think we've more recently shared that burden. That was like within the last year, I think, because yeah. it is this expectation of just like, oh, you have this easy way to not get pregnant. It's on you. Take care of it. Right. And now I'm like, oh, you know what? This is a we thing. This is a we issue. This is a we thing. This is an us issue. It completely helps you in every single way, and it's making me suffer in all these other ways. Also, I don't want to just say, like, that taking the pill every single day is the worst part. Like, I – there was mental health involved and all that stuff, so I'm not just, like, shitting on the pill because I have to take it every single day at the same time. Right. I know. that makes sense. Also, just a fun fact that the average number of children, U.S. adults – so think like you and me – Think ideal is 2.7. Seems about right, right? Not not a full three, not a not a full two. But get this, to achieve that family size, if you do want a family, a sexually active woman must use contraceptives for roughly three decades. I hate that statistic. In fucking addition to that, women, even women on birth control, on average, and I really cannot stress this point enough, have over 400 periods in their lives. It's usually more like 450. We only have 450 periods in our life? You're saying only? That feels really low to me. I feel like I've already had 450 periods. I don't want to jump the gun on my research here, but just wait till you hear what it's like naturally. Okay. okay. We're going to get into that. So again, like 450 periods is an average number and not every woman. I consider myself insanely lucky to not currently be dealing with menstruation at all. Thank you to Loloestrin, shout out. Shout but out. Um, most women on birth control still do have a withdrawal or breakthrough bleeding at least once a month. So maybe you're thinking, what the fuck is a withdrawal bleed? And you may have noticed in your little blister pack of Tic Tacs, that there's some little blue pills for three weeks out of the month and some little white pills for one week out of the month. And it's so sweet because they made them all color-coded and cutesy so our little female brains could understand them. (laughs) The different colored pills are called placebo pills and they contain absolutely no hormones and serve literally as just a reminder. So some of the newer pills have vitamins in them in the placebo pills and I actually literally just learned that, so haven't been taking them, but... I always thought they were just sugar pills. Yeah, right. You're thinking, like, why do we have to actually take 
uphill every day when it's literally just has sugar in it Mm -hmm. but it's literally because they thought that women were like too stupid to go outside of their rhythm of taking a pill every day and that they'd completely forget when to start the next pack so like in the clinical trials and everything all of that you like actually legitimately you can't even just pop it out and throw it away you have to take the placebo pill interesting which i just think is it's so shocking and pointless to me but (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, if you're not taking those active hormones to make your body keep thinking it's already pregnant, then it's going to shed the little uterine lining that it's built up. So this is during the placebo pills. Usually women experience a lighter period on birth control because the uterine lining is a lot thinner than it would normally be thanks to the BBL Mm -hmm. king, progestin. But um, that's what your withdrawal bleed is. So it's not a real period. There's not really an egg in there that didn't get fertilized It's just a little bit of your uterine lining coming out. (laughs) Yeah. However, all of that language, I feel, has become so confusing because women are like, no, I'm literally having a period right now. Like, this fucking sucks. I'm cramping. I have PMS. I'm bleeding. Like, what the fuck is going on? If my body thinks it's pregnant, thanks to Queen Estrogen and her fuck buddy Progestin, that stopped my ovulation, then why on God's green earth am I bleeding out of my vagina right now? Exactly. But the better question is, do we need to? And is it really necessary? So To bleed? Yeah, to like oh, okay. have a, yeah. little, a little withdrawal bleed every month. But before we get into this next part, why do you think we have placebo pills and a withdrawal bleed every month? Like just give me your best guess. <sighs> I like want to say maybe it's to make people feel like comfortable, more comfortable of like, okay, I'm still getting a period. I'm not pregnant. Like, I don't know. I also feel like, I don't know. I feel like in the past I've been told not to jump pills. Right. Like not to just keep going on without taking the placebos. Right. But I don't know why. Hmm. Tell me. Seems like women are not really in the know about this, is it? We're not really super educated. Not really super educated anyways. Okay. So stay with me. Because this next part, I'm going to take you for a wild ride. So the birth control pill for American women began its trials in 1950s in not America, in Puerto Rico, where well-known Clarence Gamble, um, eugenicist, and John Rock, who is your neighborhood devout Catholic doctor, and Margaret Sanger, who was queen for inventing this pill. Thank you, Marg. But she also, and she also did Planned Parenthood, so queen, but also Jesus queen. Lord, she was a racist. And <laughs> last but not least, Mr. Gregory Pincus. You guessed it, another eugenicist. All right, what a team. What? Anyway, they all walk into a bar. I mean, they all walk into <laughs> um, trial. Puerto Rico with altogether mostly completely ulterior motives to perform population control on the poor communities of Puerto Rico by mass sterilization and testing of extremely high-dose birth control pills that were later approved in the U.S. So yeah, sounds crazy, incredibly dark, um, but it's all completely true, like fact fucking checked. And I'm so shocked that I didn't know the history of birth control and how it came to be and how women don't know that. And also we worship Margaret Sanger and like the bitch was a cunt. So <laughs> she's a fucking racist. Anyway, um, I don't want to like get onto it all, all by myself. Also, I'm supposed to be talking about the medical stuff. So I really recommend the podcast Dark History. 
they have an episode called birth control and she sums it up in a better way than I ever could but yeah that shit is dark and had an insanely racist beginning it's um, also crazy because I, I think what people don't understand is that this wasn't a four-woman thing. This wasn't, like, to make women's right. lives better. It ended up being that way, but it wasn't, like, this feminist movement. I mean, I guess I don't really know. Like, I know it helped the right. feminist movement, but I'm just – like, if it came from that, it's not like – it's not like, oh, this is for women. Like, let's help them. Right. This was, like, the easiest way to – for an ulterior motive. Exactly. And it ended up benefiting us in some exactly. way. That's why I feel like – I get so mad when there's not better birth controls out there or birth controls for men out there because it's like right. it's just because it's just because people aren't putting in the work for it. Yeah. You know? 100%. I don't know. It's also like um, Margaret Singer was like a feminist activist and she was like this person that like we super look up to. She wanted reproductive rights for women. But she also believed in her own words that there were populations that were quote unquote unfit to literally live Mm. her way like it was kind of the meshing of her beliefs in creating the birth control pill and of course all of these men with money and clinics totally got on board because they were like oh boom our eugenics idea totally meshes with this and (laughs) let's just like do a bunch of perfect storm on people in puerto rico which people died from these tests. People were like sterilized permanently. And like Mm. the women in Puerto Rico were, just listen to the podcast. I don't (laughs) want to get too much in it and like say the wrong shit, but it's fucking crazy. I get it. Yeah. It's actually fucking crazy. Anyways, basically the reason why we have placebo pills is because of the Pope, which is so shocking. Wait, how? Um, So let me explain. So in 1954, around that time, John Rock joined the team developing the pill, and he was a previously well-known and respected fertility doctor, and he was Catholic. And the team knew that women could take active pills continuously. Like, they knew this going in. In literally the 1950s, they know this, that you don't have to take a placebo pill. And you don't have to have your period. And you don't have to have your period, which I'll get into that even further. So he decided that it seemed more natural to induce a fake bleed monthly to emulate what was well known as the rhythm method, which is kind of what women in the 1950s used, where they would abstain from sex during their ovulation time, being sure that they were not pregnant by getting their monthly period. So it would basically be like a reassurance that they weren't pregnant because they were bleeding every month. And so even though there were be on a medication that would ensure that they weren't getting pregnant if they took it correctly. He still thought that it would like seem more natural to do it this way. And it is important to note, and yes, I scoured the internet to make sure of this, there is no medical reason to have a withdrawal bleed. And it originated only to help convince as many women as possible to try this new method. Because John Rock was like, guys, it's not that different. Oh, interesting. And he was also telling the Catholic Church, see, it's completely normal. So after the pill was approved, after we did these trials in uh, fucking Puerto Rico, um, Mm -hmm. for years, John tried to argue that the church should accept the pill because it was scientifically controlled version of the rhythm method. Basically, John Rock was saying, see, the body produces progesterone anyway. Now it's just for a little longer. And see, women Mm -hmm. still have their periods and can still track their cycle. Absolutely nothing's changed. 
So he really had to sell this to the Catholic Church because they hadn't outlawed birth control yet, which I I had thought that birth control was always like a no-no for Catholics. That's what I thought too. I guess it wouldn't have been in the Bible though because it wouldn't have existed. That's true. I guess it it was just coming about, but it wasn't actually outlawed by the Catholic Church till 1968. So I found that really shocking. But in 1958, his fellow researcher and conveniently well-known eugenicist, Pincus, acknowledged publicly that, and I quote, a cycle of any desired length could presumably be produced. But he and Rock decided to cut the hormones off after three weeks and trigger a menstrual period because they believed that women would find the continuation of their monthly bleeding, quote, reassuring. And a study in 2019 says that women find not menstruating on the pill worrisome. And honestly, I felt the same way. Like, sometimes my friends would tell me that they were skipping their placebo pills, and I'd be like, uh... You definitely shouldn't do that because it's probably going to like build up in there or something. Like I thought. I thought that too. You're going to have like a massive period or like. Also growing up granola and hearing that you could just control mother nature every month wasn't exactly my MO. Like in my mind, I'm thinking that's not natural if you don't have a period. Because having a period is the most natural thing possible. Yeah. But this just goes to show how uneducated women are about the processes in their own bodies. Had I known that I was in fact healthier, I'll get into this, or at the very least perfectly neutral to not have a period, I would have felt so differently. But we're taught that the placebo pills are the way it's prescribed and we don't fuck with it because we don't know what's going on in there. Like women don't know what our reproductive system looks like. So we're not going to fucking mess with it, you know? Because you have to go out of your way entirely and do your own research that takes hours. Like it took six hours to figure all this shit out. Right. Because your OBGYN is rushing you out of the office to get to their next appointment. And they don't have time to explain to your 16-year-old what it says on your leaflet and like what your fallopian tubes do. Like they don't have time. Um, Anyway. Lord knows that the school system doesn't do a good job of. Yeah. (laughs) I learned more from my mom's homeschool whiteboard than you did in public school. So there you go. Yeah. I didn't learn much. Anyways, more to the point, hot take As you remember how I said in the Puerto Rican trials, the pills in the 1960s were super high doses. So Mm. with the lower dose pills and better ways of being able to detect your ovulation, current research has found that your body starts the ovulation process during placebo pills. And you must start the next pack on time to be able to stop the ovulation process in time. Like the second that you stop birth control, your body is immediately trying to ovulate pushing again. into it's ovulation. trying to go back and then you have to start the next pack to stop it also i don't want to scare the girlies out there it's not like the second you take your placebo pill you're immediately ovulating like it would take a while for your body to reset i just mean that because they're placebo pills your body is already reverting back to its natural cycle which eventually it would ovulate again but because you're staying on birth control it's still not going to ovulate but it's just a little bit shocking that we do have placebo pills because they're so unneeded and they actually start the process of resetting your body to be back on an ovulating schedule. So so that's why many researchers now are arguing that we should definitely reduce or do away with placebo pills. Like we don't also, need them. Also, I think about as many women, like there are so many women that don't want a period. Like yeah. I don't, you know? 
And it's not necessary. Also, if, if doctors were more transparent of like, hey, you need to take it within X amount of hours or like, which I know that there's like an issue of saying a specific, you know, right. answer to this kind of stuff. But like, if I was being told, like, if you take it within two hours every single day, you are safe. Mm-hmm. If not, you need to wait four days or right. whatever. Or use a condom. And instead of or... just telling us things that make us want to stay on the pill or telling us things to be like, quote unquote, safe. It's like, I want to hear the actual, like, scientific truth. Yeah. Even if you think my little brain can't handle it, mm-hmm. you know? But they made the little, the little pink and a little white fruit blue pills for you to take and then <laughs> and then you have to take them every day or otherwise you might forget and you might not start your new pack and then you'll literally be fucking ovulating so yeah would it would it not have been easier for them to just make one pill i mean i right. guess in the 1960s this is what made sense to them this is what they were like this is the only way we can convince the catholic church so this is the kind of pill we have to make so did the catholic church allow it ever they did and then they eventually outlawed it And it's also really interesting because John Rock like banked his whole life on creating this pill and he like really wanted to convince the church to like buy into this whole thing and they didn't and he spent the rest even after it was outlawed he like spent the rest of his life trying to convince Catholics that like this was acceptable and then on his deathbed he's literally dying. And they ask him something about his faith. I should find the actual interview. They ask him something about his faith. And he basically admits that, like, his conscience about science and about specifically the pill, like, overrode what he believed in in the Catholic Catholic Church. Church. And he was basically saying, like, he says it's just a consolation for the masses, like Catholicism. It's like a consolation method that, like, people use. And he was like, I don't, I can't actually bank my life on that because I spent my whole life doing this research and like they didn't buy into it basically I don't know it was something fucking crazy that's so wild yeah anyway so that kind of brings me to some other insanely interesting research that I found about menstruating because I was so curious at this point because I'm like wait we don't have to have a withdrawal bleed we don't have to have placebo pills like what's the whole deal with menstruating and women having 450 periods in their lifetime Mm-hmm. So you remember that I said that earlier. Well, turns out that it's super fucking us up on like a potentially cancerous level to have that many periods. And in this section, I am talking about periods in regards to an actual period where there's ovulation involved. So not a withdrawal bleed while you're on birth control. Why? Okay, so I'll get to the cancerous fucking us up in, in just a moment, but... There was this woman in 1986, there was a young scientist and her name was Beverly Strassman and she traveled to Africa to live with a tribe there and study their reproduction. And among this tribe, she found that a woman on average has her period. She starts at age age 16, her period, and then she proceeds to give birth eight or nine times in her lifetime. And so this is like a very, very remote tribe. Like they don't have technology or like modern ways kind of. Um, and so from the onset of menstruation to the age of 20, women on average only have seven periods a year. And then over the next decade and a half, from the age of 20 to 34, she spends either like all of her time, either pregnant or breastfeeding, which in this tribe, if you're breastfeeding, you don't ovulate for 20 months. So then you have slightly more than one period a year. That's it. And then... From 35 all the way until 
Menopause, she averages only having four periods a year. So these women in this tribe only menstruate a hundred times in their lives. According to evolution, it's natural to only have a hundred periods because this is like the perfect example of like the natural reproduction, whatever, like how God made us basically. Does it have to do with how many kids they're having? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like in our Western world, American women who are waiting longer to have children and having fewer of them and breastfeeding for shorter periods of time, if at all, a lot of women don't mm-hmm. even breastfeed anymore. That's why they're subject to over 400 periods in their lifetime compared right. with these women in other culture who have more pregnancies, breastfeed longer, and endure only 100 periods in their lifetime. So in other words, what we think of as normal this frequent menses that you experience every single month from the age of 16 is in evolutionary terms abnormal. Right. Have you ever heard though that your birth control significantly lowers your ovarian and endometrial cancer like percentage? I think I have heard that. It's because so You're cancer having less periods. Cancer after all occurs because all the cells divide and reproduce and they sometimes make mistakes, right? Like that's what cancer is. Right, the mutations. Cells are like growing at an insane rate and then they're making mistakes. This also means that any change promoting cell division has the potential to increase cancer risk. And ovulation is one of those times. Remember whenever I was talking about the egg is literally like bursting into the, like all of these cells are growing and all these hormones are doing insane stuff. But the egg literally bursts through the walls of a woman's ovaries. And to heal that puncture, the cells of the ovaries will have to divide and reproduce. So every time a woman gets pregnant and bears a child, her lifetime risk of ovarian cancer drops 10%. Every time you have a kid. Holy shit. I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Well, on birth control, it's like even better. You can cut your ovarian cancer risk by around 70% and your endometrial cancer risk by about 60%. That's fucking nutso. So while I'm sure there's stuff though about like hormones and how it's probably good to like, I don't know, neutralize some of those hormones through a period maybe. Like, there's got to be an evolutionary reason for these fucking periods. But the evolutionary thing is that naturally women only have 100. And it's purely for the purpose of reproduction. Let's think about that ratio. 100 periods, but having nine kids. I don't know. I don't know if I feel good about that. I don't don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know if I want nine kids and 100 periods or if I want 400 periods and zero kids. You know what I mean? But it's not natural, like, hormonal-wise and... And medical wise to have 450 a period 400 times. I guess that's that makes sense this is oh this is i'm gonna grapple with this anyways so we've this concluded is me up tonight we've concluded we don't need i wrote we don't need no period <laughs> <laughs> and we also don't need placebo pills aka your withdrawal bleed so why are we taking estrogen in our combination pills to regulate our menses So, according to the research, the main purpose of estrogen in combined hormonal birth control is to make bleeding predictable. Progestin-only methods can cause changes in menstrual bleeding, so essentially, that's why, like, whenever they gave you the progesterone-only Nexplanon, they were like, I don't know, like, some people bleed fucking every day, some people don't bleed at all. Like, progestin basically is like, your body doesn't know whether to bleed or not. And it's like super unpredictable. So that's why they add estrogen to the combination pills 
is to make your bleeding predictable. Essentially, synthetic estrogens are added to these types of contraceptions to make your withdrawal bleed look more like a quote-unquote normal period. But we also just found out that we don't even need to have that. So, however, there are some key benefits that estrogen does have that have proven helpful in many women. And remember, every woman is different. So in some women, estrogen is like fucking horrible. And in other women, it's like, it works. Amazing. Um, So that's why most women are prescribed the combination pill containing estrogen and progestin, unless there's a health reason for them to avoid estrogen, like you're lactating or there's some other reasons because estrogen also helps with like your mood too like that's what makes you kind of like horny and like because estrogen is what's making you want to get pregnant right it does yeah it's preparing for pregnancy and progestin right and then progesterone sustains it and is like we gotta make sure this baby's okay so Mm -hmm. let's stop thinking about sex let's think about food and water and exactly that's where my that's where my research is gonna go crazy it's gonna go crazy but yeah, so estrogen does help with a lot of other things, but they're kind of like secondary characteristics to progestin, which I guess I just am harping on because I thought that estrogen was like the main girl here. Like I I yeah. had no idea that the only thing, well, it's not the only thing, progest- or estrogen also helps suppress ovulation, but progestin is like the main guy here. He's the BBL yeah. king, so... He's the BBL king. And in most women, they are better together. But the magic is that no two women are the same. And what works for you, maybe someone else's hormonal nightmare. I'm just going to end on that we're all trying to figure this out as women. Figure shit out. So um, Figure shit out. Good luck, Charlie. Good luck, Charlie. That's the end. That is so crazy. What were you most shocked by? Definitely one where the birth control came from. I want to say I'm not shocked in the sense that it wasn't for women. Like it wasn't. Right. Few things are. to like, (laughs) few things are out there for women. Because I think I was grappling so hard with like, whatever I was doing my research, which I have had a truly horrible relationship with almost every birth control I've ever been on. Uh So whenever I do research, everybody is just being like birth control is the best thing for you it's a feminist icon like right you like don't hate on birth control and I felt so alone in my frustration because I was like what the hell like everybody's trying to make this thing sound like like you just haven't found the right for everybody (laughs) right but and it is amazing for some people and it was amazing you know in the 60s and stuff when it was brought yeah because wasn't it pat like allowed in the sixty seven? Yeah. And women were like something? trying to get their hands on it, which makes sense yeah. because they had no fucking control over their reproductive right. rights. It was a which huge, very much makes sense. But I just feel like now we're we're in twenty twenty two. Like surely we can make a, a little bit of an impact. Like we can help help a sister out right. a little bit and start looking for some better options. Exactly, we're ready crazy. for the next change. And then I think the other thing was what was the other thing that was crazy to me? Periods. Oh, the the freaking cancer shit. That is not. Yeah. That is not talked about. It's really not. I've never heard that. Yeah. You know what I do hear a lot about though? Hmm. How men need to check their ball sacks. I do hear that. Quite we talk often. about men's cancer a lot. We do. So I'm just wondering. Why we're not talking about women. Right? Especially if there's a pill that could literally decrease your rate of those two cancers by like 60 to 70% right. by just not ovulating when you don't even need to be ovulating. Yeah. It's also, I kind of wish that I would have been on birth control sooner because I have had a positive experience with it. And I just learned all this stuff about that it's not 
even evolutionarily necessary for us to have a million periods in our lifetime. Like I just think about mm-hmm. how much easier it could have made high school for me or college. I don't know. Like, yeah, not having a terrible period. Yeah. And like, but at the same time, it's like it could be the worst thing for you That's too. True. Like a lot of the research that I've been doing, I don't want to like, get into it, but like, yeah, starting young increases your oh, experience really? with depression and anxiety. Oh, so it's no like, idea. yeah. So it's like it's like the pill is the best thing for you when right. it comes to your body, but it's like a not as good thing for your brain. But we'll get brain. to that next week. Well, well, that's a little bit of a teaser. Oh, little teaser. But yeah, I I am so shocked by all of my research. And I hope it's what you were expecting. Um, no, I think this is good because you guys can give us feedback if you don't love to get a little bit of a lesson yeah. um, at the end of the day. I get it. I get it. Just let honestly, us know. I don't love the lesson podcast, but this was necessary. That's like how I yeah. feel about it. I like this wasn't yes. this wasn't cute, but it needed to happen. I needed to do the work for the ladies. And if you don't want right. to figure we, out about is... your menstrual cycle, it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. This is the sex ed we never got and the sex mm-hmm. ed that we're trying to give give y'all. So if you don't want to hear about it, super fair. Yeah. If you don't super want to hear fair. about the thickening of your cervical mucus and the, the mucus yeah. moat. Neither um. do I. <laughs> but if if you know, now that we have a little bit of a a little bit of a following, you guys yeah. can tell us if you absolutely fucking hate this and we won't do it again. But yeah. I thought it was very interesting. I'll leave the little poll down below if you're in if you're in Spotify, it's just gonna say, Did you fucking hate this? And please be honest. Um, Anyway, love you guys. Um, Peace and love. Don't forget your placebo pills. And have a great night. (laughs) Night.